All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Once again, my name is Daniel Lee. I'm the youth minister at the Mitchell Church of Christ. And let's do a just quick introduction of ourselves. Um, I am Jason Leffler. I'm the youth pastor of the Free Methodist Church here in Bedford. And I am Brian Duby, and I'm the youth and young adults pastor at Inglewood Baptist Church here in Bedford. You sound so old and official when you say young adults. No, I know, no, right? I don't feel quite as special, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, so we've been having a lot of fun doing this, and this is the, what, third week of Advent. Christmas is coming. Christmas is next week. Can you believe it? Yeah, it's crazy to think about. Oh, my goodness. And so this week we had Deb McRae bring an excellent video about joy. And so that's what we're going to be talking about some today. And I just wanted to start off with with a story. There was a Christmas when I was a kid that my family and I, we took a trip on Christmas, got to Gatlinburg, checked in to the hotel. And as we're checking in, we also noticed that there's a bunch of people there, like more than we would expect. Turns out there was a national chess tournament and convention. Right? Chess. I mean, the Queen's Gambit is on Netflix. Everybody's, everybody's like crazy about chess now. There's a chess convention and tournament going on. And as we're checking in, we notice this group of like complete nerds over around one of the tables just getting into it, arguing about who is better than who and which moves and who's beaten who before. And as we're checking in, our hosts there at the counter said, can you believe these chestnuts boasting in an open foyer? That's, there you go. After watching the Queen's Gambit, I'm half hoping that that's a real story. It's not. Darn it. I was just setting this up for one of my favorite Christmas-themed dad jokes. There you go. Do you guys have any other dad jokes for us today? Mine won't take that long. Okay, go for it. So this was actually given to us by our own Nick Mullis because I'm not a dad joke guy because I'm a dad. Um, that makes me not a good one. But anyway, but, so the question that he asked us earlier was, is uh, why don't you tell dad jokes on ice? Why? Because it cracks up. Ah. Yeah, see, and you even told yours better than me. So make up for me, please, young adult dad. Well, yeah, I, my kids are only two and four, so I don't have a whole lot of good ones. So I had to look one up beforehand. And so... Uh, What's the best Christmas gift that you can get the person who has everything? What? A burglar alarm. Ah, uh, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That's a good one. Oh, man. The other night... I that laugh for you, too, by the way. The other night, I had a dream that I was swimming in a sea of orange soda, but it was just a fantasy. <laughs> yeah. I love puns. In fact, uh, I submitted several puns to... A pun contest hoping to win. In fact, I, I submitted 10 entries into this contest hoping that I could win, but no pun intended. Mm. Mm. Last one, I promise. <laughs> Why is it so Thank hard? You. <laughs> Why is it so hard to, uh, to tell puns to a kleptomaniac? Because they always take things literally. Uh, that one makes you think a bit. It yeah. works on Man, so many different words. Levels. That was the like Google that because I know you don't know what that means either. <laughs> All right, I I love dad jokes, especially being a dad. Just the eye roll, the sigh, the moan. Like the the harder those things hit, the better the joke is. And I don't know. That just that's one of the small things that brings me joy. You know what else brings me joy this time of year? Christmas movies. Why are you going to say food? Well, food, too. Okay. Oh, 
Yeah, the like the Christmas cookies, right? Um, but Christmas movies. What's, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Maybe one that you go back to year after year, maybe even multiple times a year. What do you think? I think for our family, uh, we always watch It's a Wonderful Life. We watched, I watched that before we got married, and now me and my wife, we watch that every year. On Christmas Eve, we make sure to watch that. But this year, it's been fun to watch our kids start to enjoy some of the Christmas movies, and they actually really got into the new Grinch movie. And so it's, it's fun to watch those. And my son Ben, every day, is like, we watch the Grinch movie, and I'm like, Oh, not today, buddy. <laughs> you have the ability to say no. Yeah, oh, wow. uh, see, my kids are like all into Grinch, and we've been watching Grinch since COVID hit. Yeah, mm. we've watched them both at least thirty times yeah. in the last <laughs> nine months. It's so. funny because my two-year-old thinks that Max is actually the star of the Grinch. And oh, so yeah. he <laughs> he looks for Max every opportunity throughout that movie. So it's just fun uh, as we grow as a family to see what they enjoy around Christmas and kind of do movies around what they like now too. So. Right. Yeah, Grinch would have to be mine. Now, this is for the same reason as my kids. Uh, my kids are four and six, and they see it, and they're like, Grinch. And it doesn't matter which one it is. They just want to watch the Grinch. In fact, they're kind of really into the, um, what is it, the early 2000s version? Um, mm -hmm. But The which, Jim Carrey live action? Yes, and it's hard to find the original version. Can we talk about that, too? Mm. Like, you have to pay for it, which I think is absolutely stupid. Yeah. It's only 27 minutes long, yeah. and I have to pay to watch it. We but, own a copy of the original, so... Yeah. All right, so it, I don't know what you're going to be giving me for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. My boys are 10 and 7, so they love The Grinch as well. And honestly, the newer one, I love be mostly because of the relationship between Grinch and Max. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, in the original... He's so mean to poor Max. He's so mean yes. to his little dog. But in the new one, he, oh my gosh, it's, he loves that dog. Mm -hmm. And it's so heartwarming. But one of their favorite movies right now is the Home Alone the, the one and two. One and two. The original. The originals, okay. yeah. Um, we don't get into three or any of the ones that come after. But the originals with Macaulay Culkin that, oh gosh, they love those movies. And you talk about joy, like... Another big word for you is schadenfreude, you know, the German word of finding pleasure in other people's pain. <laughs> like, when it gets to the point where he's, you know, laying all the ambushes and traps for the burglars, they cackle and belly laugh and almost literally roll on the floor laughing every single time, no matter how many times they've watched it before. That's my and, first movie I watch every year. Yeah, yeah oh, it's great. It's first movie. They're yes. so good. They're so good. Um, I mean... Terrible parenting. Old enough to know that I grew up with it. Yeah. So oh, I think that's probably sure. it's just like, yeah. yeah. As a child, those were those were still kind of neat. Mm -hmm. But another controversial one for me is I love Elf. I don't know. I'm just What's one of those controversial guys. Controversial about Elf. Well, some people can't stand it. It's it's very divisive. You. If you were one of those, you know, like please tell me. There's You're some people that are just not I mean, Will Ferrell like fans. I'm not a Will Ferrell fan. Yeah. But I am an Elf fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I could watch it once and done yeah. for the season. It's They're going to stop and have an intercessory <laughs> moment for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you not like the elf? I personally oh, just I like love it. the silliness of it. You need to watch the Netflix thing about how the elf was made and how it made us. Okay, okay. and maybe it'll change you. I might have to do that. Yes, <laughs> and if you don't have Netflix, I'll give you mine just to watch that. Okay. So, we talk about joy and these things that bring us joy this time of year. You know, A lot of things become traditions and those traditions bring us comfort and they bring us joy and they bring us just happiness especially when you enter that time where you get to pass those on to your ch children and, and they get to enjoy the same things you did 
Um, I Take think your that's... time with that, though. Yeah. Okay. Take your time. You don't need to do that today. Okay? <laughs> right. From you. <laughs> I think that's one of the best things, though, about the Christmas season for me, for us as a family. But let's talk a little bit more in depth about this idea of joy that Deb um, brought to us in a video earlier this week. Um, what are some other things, maybe faith-related, that bring you joy? Speaking of the parenting piece for me, I mean, actually, this has happened with us last night, um, talking about just generosity. And in this season as pastors, we work hard to help people be generous. Um, and sometimes the time I get to do it with my family, like I'm already exhausted. Like I was actually rationalizing this the other day, thinking like, wow, man, I've, got a, I've done a lot this year and I haven't spent a penny on it. Um, and last night, my daughter goes, well, are we going to both parents, you know, uh, grandparents for Christmas? And we're like, yeah, of course we are. And she goes, yes, we'll get a lot of presents. And my heart just broke. I'm like, uh, <laughs> there I am as a parent, you know, writing posts for the church and helping other people be generous. And my daughter only cares about how many gifts she's going to get. Yeah, we're those parents. And so, like, to stop, last night we brought our kids together. We sat them down in front of us, and we said, we're going to be generous this year. Like, here we are, not too far away from Christmas, and I'm just now thinking, we need to do this at home. Like, um, thinking about the Grinch itself, that the Grinch kind of entered into my home in a way I didn't even realize with greed and those things. And just to sit down and be a parent and um, teach about the meaning of Christmas, it's like, Last night we breathed and said, like, no, we're not great parents. I just told you that we're not the greatest <laughs> parents. But to have that moment with our kids and to see, hey, yeah, we're going we're gonna to pick a family. We're going to buy Christmas for them, something we've done in the past. But, like, told the kids, you're going to get $20. You're going to go to Walmart. You're going to buy a gift. And to just see the joy of my kids shift a little bit, um, recognizing that there's a joy in giving and not just mm -hmm. receiving. So, like, your own words, teaching that mm -hmm. and having a moment to embrace that. The four-year-old just goes, uh-huh, iPad. But the six-year-old <laughs> definitely engaged and got it. And that was something... For me, that's always meaningful to realize mm -hmm. I'm passing on the meaning of Christmas, not just my traditions. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think for me, uh, that which brings me joy and, you know, it's heightened during the holiday season is this idea of serving it kind mm -hmm. of goes along with that. You know, I'm, I'm somebody who, you know, I, I can tell my joy rises and falls uh, on how I serve and, you know, uh, what that looks like, you know. During the different times, and so similar, you know, with little kids, uh, you know, they have a similar mindset in our house. You know, what are we going to get? And so, you know, doing Operation Christmas Child and different things like that mm -hmm. this season kind of helps to focus. Uh, you know, we encourage that at church. We encourage that with youth and different things. Um, you know, taking and shifting that focus that it's not necessarily about us. You know, that we can find joy in serving other people, not necessarily what are we going to get out of this. You know. Um, and so seeing smiles on people's faces uh, in a time, especially now, you know, uh, thinking right. outside of the box. I think that's one of the things that this season has forced us to do is to think creatively on how do we serve people when we can't always be around each other, too. We, you know, what does that look like? Um, so, so, yeah, it's definitely uh, something that I've had to think about, tweak my views and how, how I do that during this time. But um, definitely that focus, you know, during this time. You know, we, we always think about, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a whole lot of joy from the stuff I'm going to get in and around Christmas. But that fades, doesn't, you know, by the next day. You know, I think about when I was a kid, you know, you open all these gifts and you play with them and then, you know, it kind of fizzles out. You know, it doesn't last. It's not <laughs> uh -huh. longing, you know, um, but serving is something that sticks with you. You know, mm -hmm. I can think of, you know, the memories of the different things, you know, even back when I was in high school, service trips and opportunities that I've had that 
still bring me joy to this day and have allowed me to make connections with people that have stood. And so those are things that don't fizzle out. They, they continue even to this day. So yeah, that's something that, you know, I've been kind of thinking about when thinking about joy, uh, during this holiday season. Yeah. And science bears that out. I've, I've heard study after study prove and reinforce the idea that, that serving others, getting outside of ourselves, turning our focus instead of being inwardly focused to being outwardly focused on others, drastically improves our overall level of happiness mm. and joy and satisfaction with life. There's a great podcast, if you are a podcast listener, <laughs> called The Happiness Lab, which is all yeah. about that. And it's like these biblical truths are just reinforced through what we find through psychology and through the sciences and sociology and and everything so serving is a great time great way to increase your joy mm -hmm. and I think those are all great points um, but man if we're honest this year <laughs> I mean I, I wouldn't think joy would be a, a word to describe 2020 mm -hmm. um, for most people it would be more like dumpster fire <clears throat> right you know? uh, but even in the midst of this, if you would, maybe share what is one of the most joyful moments and experiences you've had even in the midst of this crazy year that has been 2020? Well, I think for me, um, one of the struggles that has affected the ability to feel joyous um, is the reality that everything this year has been filtered through an others and self-focus. Mm -hmm. You know, so like... Um, from the very beginning, people are like, why are you doing what you're doing? Or why are you taking the approach you're taking? Um, and that type of thing has been, well, if I get it, then I can't do what I normally do. I mean, our jobs and our lives are others-focused. Um, but, you know, with people showing up or not showing up, that type of thing has made it more difficult. We've been virtual one week. We're in person the next. I mean, momentum, everything. Mm -hmm. It's been stressful. It's not just been in our jobs. It's been at home. And um, one of the things that's been joyous is even seeing my wife do it. One thing we've done is made an ungodly amount of deliveries. Um, the miles and the hours we've been in the car together, this going and seeing every one of our teenagers, some of you who are watching, I mean, just delivering silly things like gummy bears to coffee to ice cream. Now, a couple of them are going to be getting um, some hot chocolate packets with weird toppings that we are <laughs> delivering. And my wife said it. This has kind of been one of those things. Is oftentimes, I'm getting out of the car and I'm grabbing things and the kid will come to the door and I don't get to see the face. But my wife has said when I get back in the car, that's why we're doing this. And I'm like, what? She goes, did you see the kid's face? Every time she sees the kid's face and I don't. You know, so early on to even just the last few days, last week, when I was making some of those deliveries, she's like, saw the kid's face. I'm like, I didn't get to see that joy, but to know that as I've had to wrestle with the, okay, think about your family, think about your students, think about others, how does that process and that mental of being selfish and being others focused, um, to know that what we're doing is bringing joy even to my wife and as pastors, letting the joy of what we do be within our family has been definitely a, a, a boost. It reminds me of answering that question as pastors all the time. Why do we do this? I mean, why do we do the Christian thing? Why, why would we sacrifice in this season? That's been probably the biggest thing for me mm -hmm. in this balance of, because it really is every day for me, okay, got to take care of myself or I can't serve. <laughs> but also on the other end, don't make decisions that are selfish and based on Jason. Mm -hmm. Jason's mood, Jason's feelings in the moment, how Jason is reading into things, um, and hearing and seeing other kids engage, and my wife being a part of that has been 
again, it's not even emotional. It's just, yep, that's it. That's why we do this. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely been hard to think about the joyful things as you look back because <laughs> you're constantly having to shift and adjust and move with the times and the things that are happening. Uh, but one of the things we did early on as a church that was very encouraging and has, I think, allowed us to see the church in action in different ways that we maybe haven't done in the past because we're always so used to people coming mm. to us and our interactions are, you know, when we're together, you know, and then we kind of go our separate ways and, you know, uh, until we meet again. And um, so early on when everything kind of hit, you know, we kind of divided up the directory and things and said, you know, we're going to call people, um, you know, each week we want to check in, touch base with people, see how everybody's doing, you know, make sure everybody's okay if they need anything. You know, we could help out. We'll do grocery runs, whatever. Um, but after a while, we started to hear about other people in the church calling, sending mm. cards, visiting, you know, on the porch or outside. And, and to see other people take that up made us go, all right, this is how it's supposed to be. You know, the connections continue even, at, even though we have to be apart. You know, we can't gather in the building. Our connections stay and, you know, as a pastor, as a leader, that's what you want, right? You want to see others join in and do the work to encourage one another. And so, you know, it was, it was pretty, uh, pretty big for me because I'm not a phone person. I don't like talking on the phone. So it stretched me. Text, and, right? Come yeah. On. It's and, not enough. Yeah. Text, and so, so it brought me joy to be able to connect with these folks on the phone who I maybe wouldn't even talk to because I'm youth and young adults. You know, I don't connect with the seniors or some other folks you know, throughout the week as much. And so to be able to do that um, brought me a lot of joy to hear and then for them to be praying for me, you know, that brings you joy because, oh, yeah. you know, you're sitting there going, all right, you know, you know, we've been praying for you during our staff meetings. You know, we've been praying for you and for them to say, yeah, we've been praying for you too. Like that brings great joy. And so that was something that you know, I didn't I didn't necessarily look forward to at first because I was like, I'm not a talk on the phone person. You know, what am I even going to talk about? You know, I haven't, I've interacted with these people a whole lot, but by the time I was done, I was like, all right, let's do this, you know, some more. You bring me on, you know, more names, more people, because uh, it was just a lot of fun to connect in a new way that we kind of pushed aside, you know. Mm -hmm. It's always been there, but we kind of pushed it aside because we always got together in person, so. Or it's easier to text. Please yeah. tell me your voicemail says, please text me. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, have a, I have a young adult that literally says, like, like, thank you for calling me, text me back. <laughs> so I fill you with the phone call. Yeah. yeah. Mine says, uh, like, leave a message, or better yet, send me a text and I'll get back to you. Yes. So, yes. yeah, um, I think this year has definitely stretched all of us and pushed us outside of our comfort zones, that's for sure. And I think one of the most fascinating experiences, phenomenons, is that stuff has been so bad that it makes the smaller things just that much more special. Mm. Um you know, just not taking for granted time spent together with family, not taking for granted meeting together as a church anymore, like the little things. Um, for me, one of the most joyous things from this year was my 10-year-old son um, made the decision to be baptized into Christ yes. on his 10th birthday. So that was amazing, getting to baptize my son on his birthday. That was so cool. Another thing, you know, coming up just this weekend I'm officiating a wedding for a former youth group student and his fiance. Like, it, the wedding's going to look a lot different than they had originally planned, but I mean, it's still going to be a joyous occasion. And to know that there are still people 
coming to Christ and making those decisions. There are still people finding love and making that kind of commitment to each other. Just those things just, in my mind, just get amplified when everything else is so just kind of terrible. Which kind of leads me into a verse that I want to read. Um, it's from James. I'm sure you've heard this before. This is some of the opening lines in the book of James, chapter 1. Consider it pure joy. And if you were to fill in the blank afterwards, it'd be like, when you're holding a new baby, or when you're surrounded by puppies, or when there's Maybe a not. snow day from school. What? I'm not dog pants like puppies. Well, <laughs> kittens, I don't know. Ugh. Worse. Worse? Oh. Uh, consider it pure joy when you're, you know, under a blanket with a hot cup of coffee reading a book. Like, that's what we would think, right? But that's obviously not what he says. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because, he goes on to explain, facing those trials makes us stronger. It makes us appreciate life more. It, it gives us perseverance and wisdom. And this whole idea of, of joy and sorrow makes me think of the movie Inside Out. Have y'all yes, seen that? Yes, yes. the movie. Um, I think one of the more underrated Pixar movies, obviously, uh, in my opinion. I mean, we for a part two since we work with teenagers. I know. I mean, right. come on. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Uh, you know, your kids are probably still, still too young to really appreciate it. Mine are probably just getting there. But this whole idea of joy and sorrow. You know, you've got this, this joy character who's overly optimistic about everything. And then you've got sorrow who's overly pessimistic about everything and it's only when they work together that they can find their way home mm. um it, it just reminds me of that scene where that imaginary character is crying you know and candy is coming out but yeah he's crying he's sad and joy kind of comes in like hey cheer up everything's fine it's all okay and it didn't work it just kind of made things worse and then sorrow comes up puts her arm around him and says it's okay to be sad. I know what it's like. like and that's what helped. Mm. And sometimes in order to experience joy, we have to go through those seasons of sorrow. And we don't like that, no. do we? I mean, maybe let's talk for just a moment, maybe as we get close to wrapping up. Maybe about a time that you've experienced that sorrow, but experienced joy on the other side of it. Has there been an experience like that, or have you seen that play out in life? I remember um, like probably my scariest season of my life is when I was leaving my first pastorate, and very clearly my wife even approached me about it. She's like, I really feel like God's telling me it's like there's something else, and that was when I was going from senior pastorate and thinking I was going to come to a, a youth ministry role, and if I was where I felt called to, and everything was lining up like, hey, you got, like, God was playing it out there. I just mentioned it to uh somebody and they were everything was just laying out there until all of a sudden the point we should have just been yes like everything has got pulled up from the rug um not that it actually was happening it was just kind of like this hey why don't you wait a little bit uh, we went like somebody on the board feels like we should have um interviewed so many people but you're our person so like this is really weird senior pastors telling me i'm hiring you but on the other end you need to wait like it was this this really weird season my wife was um pregnant was our second child um i was asked to basically put in my resignation at the current position. It was a really just mm. scary, terrifying place. Um, and that fell through in the end. 
and yet I'm here. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so on one, and in the season, in the moment, I, I, I cannot tell you that it was, there was joy anywhere. Um, but where I am today and how that shaped me and how that story has been able to be told and used to encourage others and they, that don't worry, God is there. And then to lean into verse five of James chapter one, it says, but if you lack wisdom, you don't know how to have joy in this season, ask God and he will abundantly give to you. And I think that's been one of those for me as I've cried on the phone with leaders and they told me that was like, dude, the scariest season has been probably the one of the seasons I've used the most to encourage people. Um, and today it's like I can look back and think as much as I had a very big struggle finding joy in that, like 2020, the stories we're going to tell, you know, uphill and a foot of snow 10 miles both ways is not going to feel like much versus 2020. But the uh -huh. stories and the way God is going to shape us and the way we pivoted, um, I think probably for me is the example like that has now shaped me to look at this season in a completely different way. And it's amazing how I've used that story to help others that I hated it in the moment, but God really shaped me and others through that experience. Yeah, I'd say uh, before coming to Bedford, uh, before even we were going to get married, me and my wife, Rachel, you know, I had left a job, got married, moved to Indiana, didn't have a job. I was looking for a ministry position um, and spent four months unemployed. And for me, that was the worst four months ever yeah. looking yes. at it because I've always been somebody who's worked one or two jobs or always worked since middle school. Um, with a under the table, you know, job, just making <laughs> money, you know, and uh, and so, you know, that was really weird. And you know, I had been praying and asking God, all right, you know, you, you took me to Bible school, you trained me up to go into ministry. That was what I had thought. And I'm like, now I'm sitting here four months with no job. What are you doing? And in that time, I think God allowed me to slow down. One, because I'd constantly been doing something, but it wasn't necessarily focused on him. And so I was able to slow down, spend a little bit more time in the work because I'm sitting at home, sending out resumes, you know, sending out applications and trying to figure out, all right, God, where are you leading? What are you doing? And, you know, I'm putting in all this work and sending all these things out. And it just so happens, you know, all those doors closed, you know, nobody's responding. And out of the blue, I get a call from, Baptist Church here in Bedford didn't send anything to them <laughs> they had found right. me you know and and so I, I really think it was that season of God telling me to slow down focus on me I got this covered you know um, it wasn't ideal but as I look back I'm like well God you were preparing everything I needed for this time to to get everything in order to you know figure out is this really what you want for me you know ministry um, because I did have an opportunity to possibly go and work at a camp uh, and, and do that, but that was just going to be a, another filler job. You know, it wasn't necessarily going to be what he was calling me to do long term. I don't feel like, and so you know, being able to look back now and say, "All right, God, you were preparing me for exactly where I am here mm -hmm. now in this moment." Mm -hmm. You know, it it just reminds me, you know, that he is always faithful, and 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 so often, you know, we get depressed. I think, and you know, in those seasons when we don't have a job, it was really easy to sink into those moments and we're told, you know, kind of eat, it, eat your feelings. But we don't see that in scripture. I mean, you read through the right. Psalms and, you know, the different Psalm writers, you know, throughout, or, you know, you see this back and forth, like of sorrow, you know, mm -hmm. all these times of distress mm -hmm. and despair. And then, you know, there's that other side, you come out the other side and rejoice in the Lord. He is our refuge. He is our stronghold. He has everything under control. And so, you know, I, I always think back to that. And even during this season, you know, we're 
2020 is a throwaway year, you know, but I'm like, no, there's so much we can learn from this. What is God actually, what has he taught you? Where has he brought you? What is he Mm. doing? You know, so that we can praise him going into 2021 and looking forward to what's next. So, Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, this has been an awesome discussion, guys. I want to close with one last question. All right. For our listeners, our viewers out there, what is one thing you would say to encourage them in finding joy in Christ? To find joy in Christ. What does that look like? How, how can we go about like actually living that and, and finding that in our own lives, even in the midst of 2020 and into 2021? What would you say for our viewers or listeners? I mean, I think for me, it's like the story I had with my kids just last night is the reality that joy is not without the separation of ourselves, but it's found purely in the presence of others. Um, Jesus, I mean, came and we find out through multiple of the accounts of the Christmas story that we were favored. Um, Humanity, individuals, we were favored by God that he even came here, but the person coming to give the greatest gifts received the first gifts. And before Jesus, besides coming in his own presence, I mean, the joyous moment of God coming to earth, you know, uh, making his presence, the Emmanuel, God with us. All of that fulfillment happened in a place where Jesus had to receive gifts first. Um, and with the family, and, and it tells us with Mary in Luke chapter 2, that even Mary was pondering all of these things and storing them up in her heart, what it meant, that as Jesus was giving the greatest gift, he did receive. But he did it in a place with others. And I think for us, oftentimes, you know, in our consumer nature and especially around Christmas like my kids I'm gonna receive so much I might receive this or receive that we have our list you know there's something we're definitely expecting to get Jesus found a place in his first Christmas Christmas gave and joy was found for everybody in the season of someone else gave and someone else received Um, and say I think for us we're going to find joy in your life in the midst of all those sorrows um, when we find a place where others are receiving because of us. It doesn't mean we're not getting. Um, we find throughout scripture, there's nothing wrong with us receiving. God in the beginning has always given us something. Um, we find that in even 1 Timothy 6, that God gave us these things to enjoy, but we will only find joy in them when we are sharing that with someone else. And that's what we find, um, God. So I think for us, we're going to find joy in every season when we realize that what we have and what we're experiencing is meant to be shared with someone else. Probably what made COVID the hardest mm-hmm. is that I haven't been able to share it. In fact, I came up with this myself, um, discovery, is that loneliness, I always thought was, is not having someone around me. It's not true. Because um, I can name the people that are in my life. I can name my family that I've barely seen. But loneliness really is not being able to share life with somebody. And you're going to find, the, I think, probably the most opposite of joy is loneliness. And that is the reality that you're not sharing your life with somebody. Mm-hmm. Sharing your gifts, sharing your talents, Um, just sharing your presence even. And so in this season, find a way to do that. Uh, Find a way to share your life with somebody else because you're going to see it. We've all, almost all of our examples have been someone else came into our life. We gave them something and joy was experienced by us and them. Um, So that's what we see in Jesus. And I think you'll experience that even in this terrible 2020, if you find a way to share it with somebody else. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it builds off of what you just said. You know, we hear quarantine and we hear isolation and we think alone, like that we're doing this alone, but we don't have to. Like, mm. yes, we may have to quarantine. Yes, we may have time where we're alone, but we're so connected. I mean, we have all this technology. We have everything at our fingertips to stay connected with one another. Um, you know, so we don't have to do this alone. Uh, yeah. We have each other. 
And that's Just don't call the, us, text us. Yeah, please. Uh, you can call me. I, I, I answerable. <laughs> but we have each other, and that's one of the most underutilized things, I think. Uh, you know, we, we always try to go it alone, and I'm guilty of that, and that's what this season has kind of showed me. My, my go-to is, you know, I'm just going to take care of it. I'm just going to do, do what I have to do and, and get through it. But to kind of slow down and to invite others into your life, and, and, and that's one of the other things, you know, uh, invite God into your life. You know, um, again, it's one of those things, you know, where if we cry out to him, he hears us. And, and that's something that I underutilize too, even as a pastor, you know, because I'm Mr. Fix-It. As a guy, you know, I want to try to go it alone. And, and I think this season has kind of forced me to take a step back and say, you know, no, I'm right from the beginning, I need to hand this over to God. And so our, our tendency is to wait until the last minute when we, you know, can't handle it anymore. And so, you know, can we learn to, to shift that focus and do that? before it gets so far down the road. But again, one of the things that has been helpful is inviting other people into your life, people who can speak into your life. And, and maybe you be that for somebody else, you know, um, as you notice people, people who have to be alone, who have to quarantine or whatever, you know, sending cards, reaching out with a call or a text goes a long way, you know, do life together in new and exciting ways. I think that's what uh, I think I've learned throughout all of this, you know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, guys, this was a great discussion. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Feel free to share this with family, friends, on your social media feeds. Text this to somebody who maybe needs to hear it. I want to close this out with this last verse that I, can, I think kind of sums up a lot of what we've been talking about. This is from Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Paul here um, quotes Jesus, and he says, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. May you continue to find joy this holiday season as we celebrate Christmas together, apart, wherever, in spirit. And as always, I'm Daniel, Jason, I'm Brian. We'll catch you again next time.